Idea. Everyone only has self-defense forces, therefore you can't go kill anyone else. And it should all be done like Switzerland is, problem, problem, where it's all problem. like whatever age to whatever age, you have it in your house in case you get called I out. have something. Definitive. Hey, fun fact about Switzerland, because they're <laughs> landlocked, they don't have a navy. Candace. Hello, and welcome to the Inconclusive Podcast, where we randomly select topics and argue about them. Coming up Inconclusive. My name is James. My name is Abigail. And my name is Candice. All three of us are educators at an international school in Taiwan and bring wildly different perspectives to the table. Be sure to follow us on social media at The Inconclusive Podcast on Instagram and Facebook or email us at theinconclusivepodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's important to note that our individual opinions do not necessarily reflect those of our employer. Okay, let's begin. Hello, listeners. Welcome to a new episode, part two, to be exact, of our second episode on the Justice series. Can I just say your Is that intro correct? on that That's right. was not creepy this time? Good job. You didn't go, Thank you. Hello, I'm listeners. here with Candace and Abigail. Hey! Hey-o. And today we're continuing our discussion on self-defense. And last time where we left off, we were just talking a little bit about whether or not it would be justified for people to take up arms against a government that they considered to be tyrannical. And we kind of arrived at the conclusion that it seemed like it was kind of hard to determine. Is that is that fair to say? Because yes. like, how do we define a tyrant? I wanted to ask you, Abigail, like, how do you define causing harm to someone? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because all of these are kind of fuzzy, th- like, terms that we use to, mm-hmm. like, what does harm mean? Like, does that people, mean physical harm? Does that mean emotional harm? Does that mean yeah, some people economical might say emotional harm? harm is physical harm. And what is a tyrant? Is it someone who is I don't like? Someone from a different political party? Is it just someone that uh, supports policies that I don't support? Yep. Sounds about right. The, I mean, the... <laughs> I'm kidding. But I'm, the Revolutionary <laughs> War was started over taxes. Yeah, it's true. Right? Like, and we have... It's like taxing Wi-Fi. They were just like, heck no. Let me have my thing that to I To be enjoy. clear, they were not taxing Wi-Fi. Are you worried your fifth grade listeners are going to write the wrong thing on their <laughs> test? Do we right? have fifth grade listeners? We have a couple. Do you Shoot, really? Man, I, feel like our, I feel like our content's a little too... Uh, okay, Middle we'll school see. level? We'll no. <laughs> I think it's higher. We talk about some... some Interesting stuff. We talked about Tulip. Yes, Tulip we do. was a while back. Okay, so let's get back into it. Um, we went on the tangent when we were talking about like the English Bill of Rights and kind of the origin of all these ideas. Within the United States, the idea of a right to bear arms has gone through several different court cases. I want to bring up a few of them. First one, actually, was kind of surprising for me to come across. It was the Dred Scott versus oh, yeah. Sanford case in 1857. Um, those of you who don't know, basically Dred Scott was a uh, slave or former slave who's trying to like, you know, uh, get rights to be able to As do normal does. citizen things. Um, and so they this this court case on the issue of Second Amendment right did not say either that slaves could or could not bear arms, but instead it said. Um, that if African-Americans were considered U.S. citizens, 
quote, it would give the person of the Negro race who were recognized as citizens in any one state of the union the right to keep and carry arms wherever they went. So it didn't necessarily jump in and say, like, it wasn't like a uh, statement on the citizenship of African Americans, but rather it was if African Americans were citizens, then this right would be granted to them oh. to be able to keep and carry arms wherever they went. Which, considering the climate of not, I mean, not weather climate, but like the cultural climate of 1857, was That's probably a rather wild. alarming thing to hear. That is wild. Um, we so are on the cusp. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of, kind of crazy. Follow up question. Yeah. Do you think that people would vocalize differing opinions on gun control based on the race of the perceived person with the gun in the U.S. today? Yes. I guess it would depend on your implicit racial bias. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about. I think yes. I mean, like, ideally, no. Well, yeah, because like I'm, I'm thinking about people that I know who have guns and thinking, oh yeah, but they wouldn't hurt anybody with that gun because most of the people I know who have guns are white. And also like I know to a degree fairly well. And I'm thinking about like for hunting, like how in the South and in like rural areas across the States in the West and in the Midwest that people have guns for hunting and they hunt for food that they keep in their hunting fridge for like six months out of the year. And they stock their fridge with venison and and duck and whatever else for the rest of the year. And that's what they, that's most of their staple diet from November to February or March. So half of me is thinking too about the complications of hunting that if what I said earlier about only be able to fire one or two shots can I say, can I say the same for like hunting guns? Like, can, should they only be able to fire one shot? I have a hot take. What's your hot take? If you can't hunt with a bow and arrow, you shouldn't hunt. Oh, caveman style. Dang. I mean, that actually is Prove a, your a worth way that as a hunter. Hunt. People do hunt with crossbow. Like, do it. Like with like my dad used to hunt legit. with crossbow. That's that's my dad not also how you used pull to a crossbow. A, a crossbow like, is like one well, of these. They, what's the, like the one that's metal that's sideways? Bow. Like a yeah, but bow? it's like a, a high tech bow. bow. It's a like metallic a heavy duty. bow. It looks really cool. Like I had some does it have like of, springs on it or like it's like, like double bowed oh, on the tip part shoot. and they pull back. Yeah, the sucker can fire. My dad used to hunt a <laughs> little bit with. I, he never really hunted a lot when I was mm-hmm. a kid, but I think he for a while hunted with a crossbow. Mm-hmm. And then he also spearfished. So mm. shout out to my Dude, very Neanderthal nice. dad. He's Must pretty be. awesome. Pretty when I was dad. growing up, we went hunting at like Carrefour. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, hunted for some discounts. <laughs> oh my God. Things on sale. <laughs> I was so ready to hear a random story about hunting. We, uh, and it totally backfired. We just oh. knew a lot of people who hunted. Yeah. Or who, and so they you end up with so much meat. Like, what, like up in the Northwest, right, elk, they're very big. Mm-hmm. Um, so you like one person lands two elk and they got too much sausage for the year and you know hey have some too dude much. i want sausage. some elk some? i kind of want to try it is it it's pretty good, good. It's pretty good. jerky before oh, it's pretty good side story silver dollar city in branson missouri has a a bunch of random artisan shops inside that are supposed to be catered to the time period of an old mining town in the 19th century or the 18th century verb i don't know actually around that time I think it was, you, it did was, they roll the dice when you like walked in gold. and be like, ah, oh, sorry, the mine exploded, <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> you're dead now. It was gold. It was like gold mining era and like westward expansion towards gold mining towards the west. So like 
they had a beef jerky shop that was not just beef, but all the jerkies. You could get ostrich jerky. You could get frog jerky. Pretty sure there was elk. Pretty sure there was buffalo. Like all sorts of random animal jerky. And the ones that I had were pretty delicious. Interesting. Yes. So, so jumping back. <laughs> unless you were about to say well, something I was just going to... So I will segue for you back to what we were saying. Because I was oh, thinking like you, with hunting, like there is a utilitarian like angle on having a gun because it's also like a, a livelihood for a mm. lot of the poor. So that technically is not under. It's not a right. Is it under? Is would we consider that to be in the Second Amendment? I don't think so because it's not hard. for the security of a free state, right? But it is for the security of their food shortages. But not. But it's not. There are some they can groups use a knife. There are some groups of That's people. True. Um, who I feel like, well, then they are. They're exempt to certain laws, like different native tribes, mm-hmm. right? Thinking specifically Inuit up in northern Canada yeah. who hunt They're seals. They're the ones who hunt seals. Well, actually, too. even in Taiwan, Aboriginal tribes have uh, can be licensed to bear guns, but they're like really old. Mm-hmm. like Only can like fire a, once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's some like exemptions... I feel like towards certain huntings and ways you can hunt and things you can do already for people who actually need it whereas people who hunt who you know thinking of like our friends and family members who or I guess I don't have any family members that I know of who hunt but like our friends who hunt and I imagine possibly the people you can correct me if I'm wrong that you would know who would hunt family members could of mine still that go to Walmart right <laughs> like they can still or somewhere else to get food like they're not going to starve to death if they can't go hunting well so I so I'm thinking back to my white trash book and like one of the like crossroads of of the sector of the population that are white who come like descending from indentured servants or people who were brought over as uh, prisoners of the debt prisons in England to the U.S. to work off their debts and then stayed here. There's generational wealth disparity and also a lack of how shall I put this training. As, as when they're young to be able to necessarily leave that particular wealth bracket and... Like education. Yeah, like education. And people have learned, and not just white people, like also black people and Hispanics and a lot of other people, like skin color-wise, who have learned to cover that disparity in wealth with their independent hunting and fishing. Especially, I can think of fishing too being but a big in, staple. Independent hunting, you still have to pay for licenses. Yeah. It's not like it's totally free. You still have to like prepare, buy ammunition and all of those types of things. Mm-hmm. So circling back to this idea of like, is it an innate right to own a gun to hunting versus kind of the nitty gritty of this? I feel like it's a separate issue and mm. it's maybe not a right. Not because I don't think people should hunt, but... Because I, I mean, if you're going to real, realistically, I feel like all of our meat, if we're going to eat meat, needs to be coming from free range hunting because it's better for the animals and our planet. It also helps with overpopulation. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm pro hunting. But I th- I think that it's not free. Mm-hmm. Like that's a misnomer because mm-hmm. like licenses for certain things, you can only tag so many and they're right. expensive. Otherwise, you're illegally hunting, which right. is its own set of problems anyway, right? right. And it's costly. Mm-hmm. And with that, I think we need to take a quick break. Welcome to Fun Facts with Abigail. Did you know that the first person to be convicted of speeding was going eight miles an hour? 
According to Guinness World Records, the first person to be charged with speeding was Walter Arnold of the English village of Paddock Wood in Kent. On January 28, 1896, Arnold was spotted going four times the speed limit in his 19th century car. But since the speed limit at the time was just two miles an hour, that meant he was only going eight. The constable had to chase him down on his bicycle, issuing him for a ticket for four pounds seven shillings and earning Arnold the speedy distinction. This has been Fun Facts with Abigail. Catch you next time. Welcome back, listeners. Before the break, we're talking about hunting. Side note, uh, the first day of hunting season every year in my rural uh, small town high school and middle school was basically a no school day. It was maybe me and like seven other people in my class out of the like 50 or so that were in our our whole class. And then we'd have like 25 per and it would be like five of us left. It's like me, my best friend from high school and two other people. One was like Filipino and his parents didn't hunt. And the other, his parents were like, adamantly against guns and it was just us that's awesome. <laughs> like, nobody else that's awesome so kind of jumping back a little bit to some court cases about <laughs> the right to bear arms. circling all the way back circling all, <laughs> all the way the back way to 1939 oh, dang. in a court case a united states versus miller uh the court recognized that the right to arms is individually held and they referenced a tennessee case earlier on Actually, the Tennessee case was from 1840, uh, and they indicated that Second Amendment protected the right to keep and bear arms that are, quote, part of the ordinary military equipment, end quote, or the use of which could contribute to the common defense, which is kind of interesting. It brings up a time when the U.S.'s own military and the world's military equipment wasn't as advanced as it is today. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. But it also kind of harkens to an idea that like the U.S. could be under threat and that individuals may be called to defend the U.S. if its military was to fail. That kind of sort of makes sense. Time period though, right? Right. That's right at the right before right before world, world war ii basically yeah, when, you've got the build up still tension and we were watching yeah. right afar. right so the idea i think here and i think it fits kind of well with the second amendment and the whole origin of it being like in service of your king which is now like we don't have a king anymore obviously but now in service of your country is to be able to take up arms again the term taking up arms has multiple meanings but activate your arms militarily to protect the security of your state or your nation. And so that's kind of an interesting idea because like right now when we look at military equipment, we're like, that's way too much. Yeah. yeah. Like you do not need that jet. A drone to be Plus patrolling you your house. Can't even like really get those things. Right, exactly. Unless unless I feel like there's some laws around, and I could be wrong. <laughs> I reserve the right to be wrong. Um that after you've left the military, mm-hmm. that you're allowed to keep certain weapons that you had while you were in the military. You're correct. Um, but you have to return most of it. Right. But there's like certain things you get you, to keep. You get to keep your military uniform and your, I don't know what you call the bag, like the bag of... Yeah. But I think there's a there's a weapon you get to keep stuff. too. I'm pretty remember. sure. It's like one of the guns. I, I could be wrong. Um, but I was pretty sure you get to keep like a cer- one certain type of gun or whatever. Um, that you're issued depending on, I, I don't it's know. Also, you I'm can, like digging myself. You can buy resale our military grade 
uh, material. Yeah. Because like even mm. stuff from like the nineties and eighties is still deadly. Like it's oh, not yeah. like, it's not like just cause it's not 2021 grade terrifying military doesn't mean that it's not terrifying military, terrifying military. Yeah. Right. So I, that's like, I think one vein of the argument commonly with the second amendment is like when they wrote it, they were using muskets that and you had like to now reload you have for five exactly. Minutes. And now like, and it's shooting accuracy was terrible. And now like, you know, semi-automatic automatic weapons and all this kind of stuff kind of you kill so many like, people in, in very some people's view it, it, uh, nullifies the second amendment altogether. Right. Um, which I don't know. I feel like it's one of these things that's really hard. Sorry. For, I just, it feels like that's a lot of our tension on our episodes. Just, man, this is really hard. Because, well, because it's a tough like, topic. On the one hand, you don't want to remove freedoms of people when people's freedoms start to get removed by a government. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I know this is maybe sounds it's not about to very sound democratic very of me. Anti-socialist. Um, but like when you start to remove rights of people, mm-hmm. like how far, like frog in a boiling pot until mm-hmm. you lose yeah. it. This is my libertarian side speaking. Yeah. Um, how far until everything until is gone, gone and yeah. then all of a sudden you're just sitting here with nothing, right? right? But then on the other hand, like how many school shootings have happened since Columbine? Like tens. And like, the first, like the first maybe march. Maybe close to 100. The first march that we had without a school shooting in it was because of the pandemic last it's year. It's insane. I saw that news and was floored. Like it literally took a global shutdown for us to not have a school shooting for a month straight in any state in the U.S. I feel like I maybe mentioned this on a different episode that we recorded or maybe we were just talking about it um, mm-hmm. while like in between recording. But I recently came across this um, this video where it was kind of, you know, joking about how, how did like moving to another country re- make you realize that America or the U.S. is really messed up? And this mom was sharing about how um, her kid, when he was first going into kindergarten like two years ago, um, really wanted this pair of light-up shoes and she couldn't buy it for him because she was so afraid that when a sh- when a shooter entered into the school building that he would be able to find her kid and kill him um, because his shoes would light up and it would make it harder for him to hide. He couldn't hide in the dark because of his, because of his shoes. And then they, you know, moved to Germany where it's not an issue. And for the first day of mm-hmm. first grade or whatever, she bought him like several pairs of it because it was just this relief of like, my kid isn't going to die. Um, and I know that's only one type of death that happens with guns, but I feel like it should be the one that we are the most uh, concerned about mm-hmm. maybe because, um, like these are our children, mm-hmm. like these are our children going into places that are supposedly safe, which we know aren't really safe. Um, and we're putting them into harm's way. And then we're also, and the harm's way is sometimes other children who are at the school, which is horrifying. And it's and because they have access to a gun at home. Right. Right. And they have easy access, easier access than you think that they do because mm-hmm. um, kids aren't dumb. Like what, like, like you're saying, if there's a kid who has it, you know, Oh, it's okay. I keep it locked up wherever. I mean, you think that your kid doesn't know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like what, it's the whole trope of teen movies too with, with alcohol, right? Like, Oh, it's all locked away. The kids won't get it. Like, duh, like they can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're, we're perpetuating this lie of safety around guns mm-hmm. um, that if we do X, Y, and Z or keep it X, Y, and Z, like it's going to be safe. And there are some things that I support better than others. Like um, I know I have a friend who keeps in two separate safes, ammo and gun, but 
like, that's not necessarily going to help you in a home invasion situation as easily, right? And so you have to then it's not very anyway. practical. It's not very practical, but it's, but it's safe, safe mm-hmm. right? Sure. And that's why they keep it. And they're also officers, so mm-hmm. both of them. And so I think there's a level of like you have to have your gun, right? And then also just extra safety yeah. around as well to keep yeah. them separate and locked. Um, not so much the home safety isn't so much the issue with their keeping their weapons, but. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that's great, right? That's going to be harder for a kid just to decide to get into, um, to take some more or another person to take into a place. But, like, anything barring that, you think that you put your ammo in a drawer and your thing in in some sort of a lock safe, your gun in a lock safe, that a kid isn't going to figure it out at some point if they're really trying. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that the... Like, I'm not even talking about the accidental deaths either because that's such a low number with guns, the accidental, like... That's negligible, right? That could happen with any kind of a weapon you want. But the first march since probably 2000, 2000 right? Like, it's been a long time. Like, Columbine, Columbine was 1999. Yeah. So maybe since it was then. 20 years. Like, that's insane. Like, that's insane. And and we're wanting to come here and nitpick. I mean, not us specifically, but people in America want to go and nitpick, like, this idea of, well, we don't want all of our freedoms taken away, but like 28 people were killed in Sandy Hook. Mm. Um, and that's just one. That's just one, right? Like that doesn't include all of the others. Mm-hmm. Anyway. The shooting in North Carolina that happened like last week. Was it South Carolina or North Carolina? It was one of the Carolinas. Or, or but I mean, even beyond think, mass shootings, just like homicides yeah. in crime yeah. neighborhoods. It is and the like reason that. that people don't kill with knives that often is because it's physically very hard. Mm. Um, it's really physically taxing to be able to stab someone enough times mm-hmm. to be able to kill them. It's usually more or less accident, not accidental deaths, but like you're trying to kill them and then you get lucky enough to. <laughs> that's a horrible way to put that. <laughs> to, to hit the right vein and right. then they bleed out. Right yeah. with a gun, it's like almost. Almost impossible to. I mean, it's not. I mean, you you're can, definitely going to injure definitely them. Definitely going to be severely and injured. And if they don't have more medical attention dead, quickly, they will be poisoned. And you can shoot more than once. Bullet. Like there's only a certain number of times you can stab before it's physically taxing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's either a limited number of people you're able to kill, or it just anyway. Sorry that I, you just reminded me also of the other argument I hear against gun control that is if you take guns away from the good guys then the bad guys still have guns and then we're, look where I we are. I hate that so much. It's I, so I see where the logic is coming from no. though because it is ABC. It's like well if we do this then this could happen and this could happen. Well, even so though here's, it's a logical I mean, fallacy here's the thing, it like, still is there. The, I think we when, when we're trying to defend yourself I actually this is one of the questions that I wrote down is it justified to just to harm someone or to kill someone else for self-defense. Mm. Like, should we, if you are defending yourself, should you just aim to injure the other person or impede their, uh, their attack on you? Or should you, should you take their life? Which I think as Christians, we would treat with the utmost severity because we consider life to be sacred. And mm-hmm. Abigail kind of alluded that to that in part one of like knowing where the, um, where your intruder is going or you knowing where you're going, but not where your intruder is going and things like that. Um, and I think that's a hard situation because like if right now it is pot, like it's possible for a home intruder to have a firearm, right? Like that's mm-hmm. in the U S that's a possibility yeah. and it's unfortunate. And so I, I, I do kind of understand the argument I don't know how you like, were going to go it with from like a slippery slope, A to B, B to C. I mean, it is slippery, but, but it but still makes sense. I do think about it this way is if you are, if I have a right to self-defense, mm-hmm. I want 
to be able to do so in a way that actually defends myself, mm. right? I don't want like a wooden shield, right? You know what I mean. So if my intruder potentially has a firearm, mm-hmm. what's my counter, right? What's my counter? Because if I have like a knife, that's not really going to cut it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I guess I pun not intended. <laughs> yes. That's not going to. Wow. That's terrible. That's not going to work. You know what I mean? So like, what's the best way to counter? a gun or a firearm attack. I think that the, so this, I guess my answer connects to a question. Did you hear a couple of months ago when there was a man who like went to a museum in Kaohsiung here in Taiwan and he shot several people or shot at several people and then was detained. He like ran into the museum being chased by police and then was able to get off a few shots before being tackled and taken down. A couple of my ninth graders came to me panicked about it in Mm. class. They're like, oh my gosh, there was a guy with a gun in Oh yeah, I think we got an email about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, From from AIT. And it was was a whole big thing for Well, I think Morrison also sent out an email that like, we're monitoring the situation Mm -hmm. if it's ever, you know, it was like the, your child's safety is very important to us, which it is, which it is. I shouldn't say that in a mocking voice, but. But yeah, so like, in what is the gun control in Taiwan? Is it you? No one has a right to bear arms unless you are military. Or no one has a right to bear arms. Okay, so in Taiwan, you cannot own uh, and operate a firearm mm-hmm. unless, unless you are Aboriginal, Aboriginal with in a, tribe. a specific license for hunting rifles, mm-hmm. which even those are very tightly regulated, mm-hmm. and then the military. And so, then some like armed police. So I'm guessing so, like, that most of actually most of the murder cases in Taiwan are stabbings mm-hmm. because like that's, that's all you the got. next quote, the next best thing <laughs> you're trying to. You know. So in a place where gun control is or, or guns are heavily regulated, there was a man who was able to get off a few shots in a museum, but that was so macabre, so out of the norm, so taboo that like my Freshmen came in to me freaking out about it during class. Whereas in the US, it's like, oh, which shooting? That one or that one or the one last week or the week after that? Or did you mean the one yesterday or the one this morning? On that note, we'll take a quick break. listeners we want to hear from you please send us any questions you may have regarding any of our episodes or suggestions for future topics you can reach out to us on our social media at the inconclusive podcast or email us at the inconclusive podcast at gmail.com thanks for listening And we're back. Before the break, Abigail was about to ask a question. I think kind of following through with your same your same idea, um, my thought with the whole thing would be, is having the possibility of a one-off situation like what would happen here um, scarier than the number of shootings and deaths that happen by gun in the States mm. on a daily basis? Mm. Um I feel like the risk of one person every now and again, or even like even to ratio mm-hmm. of population, right? 
I don't know. I don't know the quick math of like what that ratio number of people would be, but every what four years you've mm-hmm. been here and it's the first time that it's happened, having something happen like that in the mm-hmm. U.S. versus which one are you talking about? Because mm-hmm. um, there's been more than one every day. Mm-hmm. My, there's also sorry. Go no, ahead. Well, you go ahead. I'll. I was going to say there's that. also a similar argument to. Um, and I know we haven't really talked about this, but a lot of times the argument in favor of legalizing abortion is that if you make it illegal, then people will pursue illegal means and that's less safe. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like with the guns, like if you make it, if you do a blanket ban on guns, then people who are going to get guns are doing so illegally. And those are the people that we don't want getting guns who will be going out to get it illegally. That is really ironic. That the same argument goes to two different sides of issues, of two different sides of the aisle. Here's my incredibly (laughs) uh, pessimistic view of that. There's no way that I see if the U.S. actually does a blanket ban of guns, they regulate it as heavily as they regulate abortions in the States. Because the people... We're continuing down this. (laughs) The people who are getting um, abortions are not white men. And the people who have guns, I mean, there's more than just white men who have guns. There's plenty more than just white men who have guns in the U.S. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that it isn't. But the majority of the loud people who don't want their guns being taken away are white men who just want it for hunting or for self-defense. And they're safe. I know they would never do anything wrong or hard versus a woman, a woman... I just, I just, I thought it was interesting. That's vein of argument. I, it I, is interesting. I, I don't think we it should, is. I don't think. I don't think we this should. This is the episode for us no, to talk no, no. about abortion. I, definitely not. But I think what I mean is, if it's the same gun, if it's like gun who, laws were regulated as heavily, yeah. if they said no, and then they regulated as heavily as what Georgia, who says one of the states in the in the southeast, who just said if you have an abortion, you can or a miscarriage, excuse me, you could still be run up for manslaughter. Um, what? what? Yeah, under the anti-abortion laws, if a woman has a miscarriage, it's it's one of the southeastern states. I I don't I feel think like I've heard Georgia. I think it was. I Georgia. feel like Georgia has some real oh iffy stuff gosh. that they can still run it up to the same extent as as if it's a miscarriage, like in the third trimester, something like that. Oh my god! Which it goes right hand in hand with their new uh, anti-abortion laws. Which again, this isn't really the episode to go into that, but um, yep, it's Georgia. Yeah, dang. Um. They're regulating they can, that. Well, not manslaughter. Second degree murder. Mm, which, good grief. Ah, <sighs> ah. <laughs> which is not the same way that they would be regulating people not able to have guns. Sure. Mm. Yeah. That's what I mean. Okay. So there's, I'm going to, I came across this kind of jumping back to the second amendment again. Um, there's three different models of understanding the second amendment. And I thought I'd share with you guys and maybe you guys would, uh, support or agree with these three views. So the first one is kind of the, like the official, like Supreme court, uh, supported viewpoint, which was established in a 2008 court case, district of Columbia versus Heller, which ruled that quote, the second amendment protects an individual right to possess a firearm unconnected with service in a militia and to use that arm for traditionally lawful purposes, such as self-defense within the home. So the first, uh, way of interpreting this is that it's an individual right to be used for self-defense. The second model is that the right to bear arms doesn't actually belong to individual people, but to people as a collective, basically under the idea of like, National for, Guard. Uh, 
Not necessarily, but that the this right, the Second Amendment right's only purpose is to enable states to maintain a militia. Hmm. So National Guard um, to be able to protect the collective people as opposed to the individual. And then the third model is that this right to bear arms only exists for people who are actively serving in the militia. Okay. So like literally if you're in a militia, then you, get you can have a gun. I mean, but that I'll, one makes more sense to me. Yeah. The third one. Because again, a well-regulated militia, like you can join a militia. It just needs to be well-regulated. Like you need to make sure that everyone who's in the militia doesn't have any sort of record against, uh, like, what do you call it? Words are hard. Criminal record? Any criminal record. I feel like if you are in a militia and you have a criminal record, that's a red flag a little bit. Like, criminal record as far as, like, using guns to hurt people or... So then we could get back to the could X uh, felons Yeah, that was my first thought. And then it's such a... such a. And then what crime, right? What crime who's making the laws... Mm -hmm. But if All we're going to talk about slippery slope, then I think that the militia is where we should be a little bit strict about about so the, who yeah, is allowed so, so this redemption. Third view, this third third view does say that you would have to make some rules about what defines a militia. Mm. Um, but I also want to think about this maybe in like a perspective where like people who live in the U.S. given like considering all its like domestic problems relatively the U.S. Okay, not relatively. Mm -hmm. Well, relative to the world, the U.S. is a very strong military. Mm -hmm. So people living in the U.S. aren't necessarily regularly threatened by a tyrannical government that could potentially be equally armed as they are, right? Like if we think about the time when the Second Amendment is written. Well, the time the Second Amendment was written, like muskets, Right. right? That's like top of the line military weapon. You could have a musket, and then the redcoats were fighting with muskets, mm. right? Or maybe they had a few cannons, but you know that's for you know that's for rich people. And then, so then, like, what if you were in a scenario where the thug, like, government thugs, would just come in with military grade weapons? You know, like mm-hmm. in places that are having civil war, like Yemen. Like yeah. we brought up that Yemen, you have a right to bear arms, including machine guns. Mm-hmm. Like in those places, self defense, even against your own government. It Which make, isn't a sense. good. It, it's like I don't know. Is that is that legitimate defense of yourself because you're defending your your livelihood? Yeah. yeah. You're like, you're literally not you're not safe, and there's the people that are supposed to protect you aren't. Yeah. You know, like Malala. Malala, whenever right. she was taken by the terrorists, like she was in a truck with just the girls from her school and the driver, and they first thing they did was. I think kill the driver and then they they took her and actually I think they like one jumped in and just shot point blank at her face because he was trained to know what she looked like because he had seen pictures of her and she survived but like if if someone had been sitting in the back of the car with a gun do you think they would have had enough time to shoot the guy before he shot Malala and yes she survived but like she could have been dead easy random circumstances yeah. or like just yeah. luck mm-hmm. right or- but or also if we think about this hypothetical situation back to the US let's say for some reason the US breaks into another civil war mm-hmm. and you have factions let's say each state there's like factions of states and they each have their own cuz the US military as a whole has fallen apart this is a sequel i do not want to see oh sorry it's I okay. can stop here. It's okay. Keep <laughs> describing the plot of the sequel. But like, 
Civil War, the second. Like the the name. Let's say whatever. <laughs> Does not have Captain like, America. Do, do not want to see the it. Na- the the state guard of California is marching through like Oregon or oh whatever. Okay, Oregon and California are probably on the same team, right? Oregon, let's say California, you guys, Washington, Vancouver, yeah, like, Cascadia. Yeah, Cascadia. Cascadia. So let's say the Cascadia, New Mexico is like, <laughs> come say, at me. Well, no, let's say yeah, let's say <laughs> or like Texas is Cascadia, like no. <laughs> let's say the Cascadian military is marching through Texas, and the Republic of Texas is like. Heck no. Well, not even... Let's say the Republic of Texas isn't necessarily capable at that moment. They're otherwise engaged They're with fighting some other conflict. But Mexico individuals in Texas are now have the right to bear up arms in defense of their state. But again, this is... We're thinking about a scenario that doesn't currently exist. And I think that for... Well, like, okay. So well, okay, here's so like, here's my thing, though. I feel like rights... I feel like if a right has to... If a right... But exists, a right only exists. It, it has to exist regardless of context. But the right... Okay, like I, right agree. To, I, wait, I agree. A right to life has to exist no matter what scenario you're in. But I have... But I... Yes. <laughs> but is it really a right... If the government Sorry, to be exist. clear, I'm not arguing that bearing arms is that right, right is that, that category right. No, but right. I agree with but you. I think that's you have to was, think about. That's what I was getting at. Like that libertarian side of me way earlier, that's like the frog in the boiling pot, right? Like the more that just gets taken away, the more that are removed in the worst situation it comes in. But going back to like the creation of this, which we kind of have touched on before, you're talking about something that was that was given with a very, in my opinion, maybe my opinion is wrong, clearly according to the U.S., but of this clear militia circumstances that doesn't mean that you have it in your closet or even in your safe just ready if you decide to join a militia. It's if you are part of a well-trained, well-regulated militia, Mm -hmm. right? Then you have the right to bear arms to be able to do it. And the court cases do not line up with that, but that, like, the rulings of the court cases do not necessarily support what I'm saying, but... Like when you read it, that's what it feels like what it's saying, right? Mm-hmm. And you're again, you're also talking contextually of a time when it took, you know, you have one shot and then 20 minutes. minutes of trying to like get it all back ready to go to then be able to go again. You're it's not like killing. Thir- it's like around 13 seconds. It's is the like fastest two minutes. Person, it's like right? two minutes on average, I'm pretty sure, yeah, to yeah. like uh, to reload total. Because you got to put the gunpowder in, put the bullet in. Okay, Misfire a shot and then so, go again. <laughs> some people can run really fast in two yeah, minutes. If it was, <laughs> it'll oh take longer. Wow. Guys, the fa- that just reminded me the fastest marathon in the world was a fifty meter dash in like. Wait, oh did you say marathon? In marathon, the marathon. It was a two under two hour marathon. That's not supposed to be humanly possible. The guy just did it. It's a oh, it's uh, a guy with runner. a shoe. He had a team. That the whole he, shoe. He had he had a team that ran like a runner would run with him for pieces to make him be paced. He had a line in front of him that was projected by like a laser, so you could see where he was supposed to be running was, to. Yeah. And it was on a perfectly as perfect as possible straight line flat land. And he ran it. I think like in, an hour fifty nine or it was a like 50 hour. 50 56, 56, like yeah. insanity. There was a huge Absolute controversy insanity. about the shoes because the shoes provided him with extra, extra support sp- yeah, and extra spring. spring I, I couldn't run that far <laughs> away from it. Just because it's minutes. humanly possible to fire if, a musket. If in I was seconds. being shot at with a musket, they would have as many shots as they needed to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that's, unless I was in water and then I could swim away. Um, but there, there's, water defense. It's, di- <laughs> it's different. It's just different. Like our guns nowadays are not the same as the guns when it was written. We don't, people who bear guns aren't really part of a militia. And, and if you are part of a militia, the very likelihood is that it is neither well-trained nor well-regulated. It is just 
a group of guys that have a gun that have a gun and they're like militia and you they know go and they practice on saturdays right like have a shooting range yeah yes yes okay interestingly we never define militia oh do tell Wait, um, what is the latin because it's latin it's like military where okay, what's well, it come I'm, from I'm just, can you can you <laughs> calm down a little bit I just, I just want i was thinking about this earlier of thinking this would be a great word for my word segment if i still did words are hard because militia sounds like it comes from the latin for adjective military but i'll like there's also a word on it. Okay. A part of the organized armed forces of a country. Oh. Liable to call only an emergency. Uh, which is basically what Switzerland does. Okay. We're about to wrap up. But Switzerland, they have a conscription system in Switzerland. So every young male between the ages of 20 and 34 is a candidate for conscription. Okay. And you you do active duty and then you're enroll, enrolled in the militia until you're 34 or, or until you're unable to serve. And all of those people are issued a fully automatic firearm at home in case of a call-up. Do they have many accidents at home? No, Do actually, you know? Switzerland's one of those that people look at like, well, they have everyone has a gun there, and there's really low, really low. Switzerland whatever. is also like, but they're all like militarily trained. They all um, the the purpose of the weapon is to be called back into the military so they're ready mm-hmm. in case they need in, to go in case of an emergency. But um, like that makes sense to me. Because they're like, they're all military, but grade. a mis- but a m- militia is to supplement the regular military in event of an emergency. Just, it's not just like, hey, the three of us we we have right. like we're not like right. inconclusive uh, <laughs> gun <laughs> masters. And gun we go like just shoot up people <laughs> for whatever reason. We're we're a militia, yes. so you can't like do anything. Who can we shoot? Okay, it's so inconclusive. Real quick question about Switzerland. Maybe maybe this is super random and off tangent. Do they have? Like a military military? Or is there military? Because yeah, they are neutral. Aren't they neutral? So they do. They have a military. What's okay. the point of having a military if they never declare well, war? Well, self-defense. Well, self-defense. Japan's not legally allowed to have a uh, military either. No But way. they have a self-defense force. Really? Yeah, after World War II, all the allies were Wait, like... does German have a military? They... German? No, they have a self-defense force. Wow. That's wild. I think yeah. that should be everyone. That's such a great idea. Everyone force. only has self-defense forces. Therefore, you can't go kill anyone else. And it should all be done like Switzerland is. Problem. Where Problem. it's all Problem. like whatever age to whatever age, you have it in your house in case you get called I out. have something. Definitive. Hey, fun fact about Switzerland. Because they're <laughs> landlocked, they don't have a navy. <laughs> Candace. <laughs> Problem with your scenario, Abigail. Uh, Let's say. Who's going to be the global police? No, no, no one no, needs no, no, to no. be the global no, no, police. No, no, no. Let's say that communist, a uh, journalist oh. that works for your newspaper goes into a country that happens to have really passionate political speakers, and then they hear rumors about people being whisked away from their houses, and then they're like, huh, maybe I should go follow that train that's going out in the middle of nowhere, and they find freaking Auschwitz. And then they come back to New York and they report about it in the Times and no one believes them for like two years. And by the time they believe them, then we're in World War II. Sounds happens? a little bit like the Uyghur Muslim situation yeah, going like, on in China. Wouldn't you want and a military to be able to go we in? We already and have a military and no one's doing anything about it. Yeah, but wouldn't so you want military doesn't necessarily mean anything. Because it's not self-defense if they leave. Then it's pro-fence. It's not. Do you mean it's other fence? Offense. Offense. Yeah, offense. Oh man. It's against other people. Like it's not just in defense of yourself anymore. 
But you want to be able to defend the innocent too in other countries. That's the whole point of like I feel okay, this is like maybe a whole different kind of conversation that we can go on at some point because I think that although yes, I do I see what you're saying because I feel the tension right now with what's happening with the the Muslim population in China, the Uyghurs right now too, Mm -hmm. and the same thing that happened in Germany. But the amount of times that we get our business into something that we've stirred up and calling it something that it isn't because of the way that we want to protect our interests or create create our interests in Mm -hmm. different countries, causing our own wake of destruction in our Mm -hmm. paths. Um, you know. Wow, that was very, that was poetic. It was. Thanks. <laughs> well, listeners, thanks for bearing with us for both parts of this episode. You, bearing. I, I knew you were doing perhaps, that. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. That was a misfire. And once again, you've reached inconclusive end of the inconclusive podcast. Sharing is caring. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Inconclusive Podcast. Talk to you next time.